well, there are some deeper stories behind that. I had some um, health crisis before that, and then I switched my profession in that area and thought I really want to make an impact. And this is to help people who really make an impact in the world, teachers. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. On this week's episode, I am talking to Christian Kassmann. Yes, I went super German with his name because I also speak German. Uh, Chris and I met through his podcast because he interviewed Josh Savage, who was actually on one of our episodes. I'm going to link that down below. And I just loved the conversation they had. I thought it was super interesting and I just needed to have him on the show. And we did a little episode exchange in which I was a guest on his show and he's now a guest on mine. And I really wanted to have him on the show because we talk constantly about the teachers who shape us. But that, then the question came up, who shapes teachers? And here, like, now I have the answer. Chris is one of the people shaping teachers. Christian supports educators about all things personal growth in his 90-day coaching program. In his signature method, Teach Method, he trains teachers to cut their lessons prep time by half, win back their weekends, and become assertive and loving leaders. Via practical communication tools from acting and coaching, they get empowered to handle their daily life with ease and joy. You'll find links to his 90-day program, to his book, to his podcast, to all his things in the show notes of this episode. I am ready to start. I hope you are too. And here's my conversation with Christian Kressman. And we're recording now. Hi, Christian. How are you today? Hi. Hi, Alex. Nice to meet you again. I'm so excited for this interview. Thanks for having me. Me too. I was in your podcast recently. Well, recently. This episode is coming out in January and I was in your podcast in October. So yeah, we're doing a cross episode, cross podcast thing right here. Yes, I'm really thrilled and delighted to make that happen, actually. And so, yeah, what, what to say? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a journey. And here we are in this podcasting journey, just collaborating. I think that's great. <laughs> that's the beauty of the internet, that we can collaborate in this way. It truly is. Yeah. Um, thank you again. Um, I viewed the stats, actually, of our episode, and you really had a great impact in the, the teaching community. And um, it really went through the roofs with your great insights about, um, yeah, illustrations and graphic design and all that. So thanks again for this. So I hope I can, yeah, play the same role as you played for, for my show. That was such a blessing to have you. So thanks again. Oh, I'm so excited. I will definitely look in the show notes below. I, although it's in German. That's, I think that's a fun part that we did that episode in German. Yes. yes. And uh, well... Well, what should I say? I can um, talk with a Bavarian or German accent in that show if you like to. <laughs> so I don't know if that would please the audition. <laughs> no, I think we'll be fine if we stick like where we are now. So a little bit about you. I really receive the question quite often. And um, when they say, Chris, what are you doing? Well, I say, hmm, let me put it this way. I am, you know Da Vinci, you know Leonardo Da Vinci? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard. I've heard of him. Uh, nice fellow. I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, sorry, sorry. That that is my answer to the question. You you know, you know Da Vinci, and they say, yeah, I know Da Vinci, kind of. So you, he drew the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
but he also um, was a scientist. Uh, yeah, kind of. And an artist. So he um, manufactured sculptures. Uh, w well, yeah. So he did, did all those crazy things not related to each other on the surface. But on the deeper level, he just followed his passions, his dreams, and um, applied all the things from different areas into his work. And I don't want to compare myself to Da Vinci. I'm not that great. I really, I'm not. But I just follow his lead by doing what, what he loves. And I really love acting. I really love coaching. And I also really love science. So in my work, I combine all those aspects into my work. Well, I consider teaching as an art, as an artsmanship, also as craft, craftsmanship and also as a science. And um, this is how I like to address it in my coaching programs and in my one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. That is amazing. I, I love that. I think uh, many times people, like I hate that phrase, those who cannot do teach, like putting teachers on a lower tier, like they couldn't follow their dreams. It's like, what if all the things that you're passionate about and all the things that you do lead to teaching? And that's what happened to you. And I think that's great. <laughs> Thank you. So... Who were your teachers? Like, were there people that were influential on you and who guide you on this path? Like when you're in a coaching session with somebody, like whose voice is in the back of your head reminding you to do your best? Well, honestly, I have lots of, I've had lots of great teachers. I'm really thankful for those. One, one of them was my chemistry teacher. Um, well, I don't know how he did it, but um, he managed to really um, capture the attention of all the students in the class, like literally all the students, even the cheerleaders who who haven't been interested in chemistry <laughs> for ages. But but he managed to do that. And um, my former girlfriend was kind of that type of girl, so she never was into science, but she really looked forward to the chemistry class with this, this um, certain teacher. And that wasn't a single case. He did it over and over again to, to really um, glue the students to what he is saying, to glue, him to glue them to his lips. And he was entertaining and fun and passionate about everything he, he taught and how he ta thought, taught it. That was one great teacher. I also had a great physics teacher. Uh, maybe that led me to become a chemistry and physics teacher myself. I don't know. Um, but there was one, mo one moment where I really suffered from um, relationship issues. <laughs> Let's put it this way. And I was young and whatever. And it was in a, in a physics class. But there were only like 12 boys, 12 young men. And I was crying. I re literally was crying in that physics class. And I was so ashamed of myself that I'm a grown man. Like I was, well... 18 <laughs> <laughs> but you're a grown-up when you're 18 well, but, are you i think uh, that's a question that to for, for after this story is over that i have a question about that but please keep going please please um and i was crying and i try i struggled to hold back my tears so so um with so much effort but i couldn't and then he came close to me and i said and i thought fuck no, I'm going to get blamed of crying in class and not paying attention to it. But he didn't do that. He just put his hand on my shoulder, said, you'll get over it. Let's not de de determine um, 
your personal life, your professional life. It's okay. And just that one sentence, I don't know, but I wouldn't tell you about it, uh, it now if it hadn't had any impact on me. So um, there were those certain moments in my life where I realized teachers have such a great impact in how they can shift the path of thousands, maybe, of young people in their, their growing up phases. And then on the other hand, I had great teachers in my um, grown-up education, like my Aikido teacher, my martial arts teacher, or maybe my vocal coach, who's also great. And I had great acting teachers. I really fell in love with them. And of course, my um, coaching method um, teacher, where I attended his classes for 10 years. <laughs> well, um, just one point, and then you can go on with your question. At the first weekend of that um, professional education and coaching, I had the biggest headache in my life. I have never had headaches of learning <laughs> before that, but I just loved it. I really was so amazed by the condensed and intense material he provided to us as um, participants. And yeah, just listening to his stories. Well, and then, well, recently I had a, amazing teacher he's an indian yogi a guru maybe who only taught by telling stories and metaphors and then his re rhetorical skills were such amazing such on an amazing level that well i just could not ha help to be amazed by him and learn from him so yeah i had really great teachers in my life and i'm so grateful for them and i'm I think they determined where I am right now and what I would like to share with the world, like helping others to be those kind of person. Wow, that's so deep. And we talked oh. we talked about this in your podcast too, about the power that a teacher actually has and that we sometimes don't take into account. And we think like, yeah, it's just a person who's there, but they can have such an incredible influence on not just teaching their material, but it's teaching you about life. Like yes. that phrase, just except for your personal life or your professional life, it's, yeah, it's something that we should all learn how to do. It's fine to feel your feelings, feel them, don't push them down, but there's a time and a place for it. Yes, that's exactly the point. There's a time and a place for this. He didn't meant to shut me up. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. And also so, such diverse collection of teachers that you had. And uh, going back to uh, what I said like about whether you're an adult at 18, I personally think that it's a, asking an 18-year-old, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? It's such an unfair question. It really is. It's so horrible. I mean, I know 30-year-olds who are still, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what goes next. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in two years, to be honest. And I'm an and I'm an adult. I'm doing quotation marks right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have an opinion about the reason for that, and I, I think the the issue is within the educational system, mm -hmm. and it doesn't provide the room and space and time, and also not the guidance from those teachers. Um, to the students to find out what their true um, bliss is, what they really want to follow. 
And on the other hand, well, you're only 18. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole life to, to, to learn. But I think it is important to learn the basics of how you can um, navigate through those circumstances. And one point really could be learning to learn. Yeah. And not only learning content knowledge, but learning self-reflective skills, learning um, emotional skills, how to um, calm yourself down and when you're stressed out, whatever. But it, this opens up a whole other box of um, this topics to talk about. A whole other yeah. can of worms. <laughs> I have a theory. Um, so my parents, they are super young because they had me when they were super young. And I have a theory that they became adults really quickly because they were responsible for other people. If you are 40 and you're not responsible for anybody, of course, you can continue living your life as a child. If you are 15 and you're responsible for siblings, for parents, for yourself, then you grow up faster. And then you have to make those decisions and figure out, okay, how do I balance what I want with what I need? And having those moments of self-reflection. And if you have somebody that forces you when you're, or not forces you, teaches you or puts you on the spot when you're in school, asking like, okay, how are you going to solve this problem that will bring you to A, learn how to solve a problem, B, knowing how to do research, and C, knowing how to do consequences and grow up at a rhythm that may be appropriate. I don't know. Again, a whole lot of the can of worms. Yes, yes. And But going back to the podcast, so talk, why, why people are listening to this, um, mm -hmm. I have a question to you about coaching, especially. Right now, there is a rise in coaching. The amount of coaches that I see on Clubhouse, on Instagram, and on Facebook is crazy. It's honestly very crazy. I think many of them are con people. To be honest, I don't mean you're a con person, a con man. I just think many <laughs> well, of them, I think <laughs> many of them are. Oh, maybe you are. May <gasps> maybe you are. <laughs> I'm just a pretender. <laughs> no. But do you need. Well, it is. A yeah. Do you need school to be a coach? Like, what kind of education do you think is necessary to be a coach? Or is there a certification that you need to be a coach? How does that work? Huh. Well, this tackles things. I know. <laughs> Re really, really. It is a tough question, and I think um, there's certain problems with the naming or with the with calling someone a coach. Um, one is everybody can be a coach because there is no um, governmental regulation. You cannot be a psychotherapist. Um, you have to do some certification um, to become a doctor or whatever, or a lawyer. And a coach can literally be anyone because there is no protection for that name. That arises lots of problems because anyone can be a coach and there is no quality insurance or assurance in how good he is quality assurance the right term? I don't know. Yeah, it is. So, it is. But it just like tackling very hard. It's like there is no quality assurance. Oh my God, there isn't one. Jesus. It's so true. Well, and the thing is, that also opened up lots of opportunities because um, this speeded up um, development of those area with light speed or with the speed of light. Because anyone who has an idea got into this and really thought he could change someone, but on the other, uh, something. On the other hand, it also attracted lots of um, make money quick guys or girls. And 
well, if they help someone, I think there's a place for them to, to be, um, if they make a difference. But then again, if they don't have a f kind, some kind of qualification for what they do, they can cause damage to other people. That's nothing to say. And I really want to get deep into this because it is a thing that gets um, asked quite a lot. My method is called neuro-linguistic programming, or, or in short and brief, NLP. Uh, in Germany, um, there is a quality management system for this. The German Association for Neurolinguistic Programming, or in uh, abbreviations, DVO-NLP, which is Europe's biggest um, association for this method. And it is it makes sure that it is, it is um, approved by the government and all that. And there's a, at least a minimum standard for yeah, how to do this method, this coaching method. And on the other hand, the method is, itself is not protected. It is open. So anyone can call himself an NLP practitioner or a master or whatever, but not I am an NLP practitioner certified by the DV NLP, like the German Association. So there is this nitty gritty different differentiation going on. The problem um, with that, this is, um, I don't know if the, what is it called? Scientology, isn't it? Is it, it's a church. The Tom right? Cruise church? Yeah, the yeah. Scientology Tom Cruise thing church. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it is an association or a, a church or some other a group of people um, use the same methods like lots of coaches use to change people. And, well, would you consider a knife to be, um, to be harmful? Hmm. Yeah, I is, yeah, yeah, I please. mean I see, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. It's like a knife in itself is just a knife. It depends on how you use yes. it, whether it's going to be dangerous or not. Yes. It's and Yeah, that that's the thing. I had a I had this discussion with somebody the other day because we were talking about guns. Mm. And he was telling me a gun in your hand is way more dangerous than it is in mine because you have never used guns before. I have been using yes. I have been around guns since I was 11, so I know how to use a gun. So I see where you're coming yes. from. So NLP is a very, I, I believe that. I know it's a very powerful tool. And there are a lot of people with nefarious purposes. <laughs> well, the other thing is, it is just kind of a toolbox. Some call it also the language of change, because you can describe how change is happening mm -hmm. in other people's. But on the other hand, um, everyone around the world does does those um, techniques or methods, but most of the time unconsciously. So they don't know that they are doing it. <laughs> Example, you have two grandmothers. And one grandmother, well, when I arrive at her, she asks me, hey, how are you, Chris? And I say, well, I'm good. Oh, yeah, that's good. Hi, how my back hurts so much. And ah, recently I had to go to the hospital. And oh, well, I'm sorry for that. Um, I had some great experience. And instantly she changes um, how I feel with the way how she acts or interacts with me 
On the other hand, if my other grandmother asks me the same question, hey, Chris, how are you? And I say, well, great. Oh, that's amazing. What are you doing right now with your PhD or with your acting? That's so interesting. I said, well, I did this, this and that. And I instantly smile more. And like regular people don't know what they do when interacting. This is not a problem, actually. We just do it. But um, <laughs> it is funny because other people that were just being them with someone contact a coach to fix some other persons because they cannot handle the interaction with them. So what I want to get, uh, where I want to get at is back to the knife metaphor. It is not the knife itself that is dangerous or helpful it is just the one who use it uses it, it decides whether it's useful or harmful and the same applies to all coaching techniques all psycho psychology stuff even acting te technology or like acting skills put it this way um these are the same methods we are just humans human beings and we function the same way whether we are in a coaching session or in a grandmother-grandson uh, relationship or if we are in an acting environment or if we are maybe on a meditation trip, whatever. It is just human mechanics. Yeah, I love that. It's just well, human mechanics. And it, it's true. It's all about giving you tools. And I think that's the part in creative education especially that you get tools. Yes. You're given tools and depends on you how to use it. And that's the part of a teacher. What tools are they giving you? Is the tools just the tools that everybody gets or are they taking the time up or whatever? So she's doing lots of things in their mind um, that are not happening, of course, but um, we create our own misery in our head. And then, of course, we create our own joy in our head. And then I ask, so what would you like to do? Well, I would like to speak the same as i can speak in uh, birthday party but at birthday parties for my present for my parents not my parents and and then i was well you just told me that you can give great presentations at a different context i said yeah okay <laughs> well that is a thing so you know how to do this stuff and she, she said yeah okay so let's do it right this like this and this is just a short a short story um, but it describes the process so people have resources in a certain area or context of their life but they don't connect those um, contexts or those skills to another context often oftenly and this is the main approach that is super interesting i so i have been going to therapy because of covid And every time somebody asks me about therapy, I describe it as my therapist is not telling me what to do. I'm just talking to her and she puts it like there's a puzzle, like I'm a puzzle and she's not putting the pieces together for me. She's going to hand me the pieces, but I have to put them together myself. And then mm -hmm. she can rotate the puzzle and she can move the puzzle around to make me see it in different ways, but she's always going to, she's never going to do it for me. I love that. And From something you said, the cost of not changing. I think that's a super interesting concept. Could you go deeper on that? Yes, of course. Um, to put it this way, I think we always have to pay a price no matter what we do. If we take the left um, 
way we maybe get to the church or maybe we get to the tree or the forest whatever if we take the right lane we maybe get to the, to the city um it brings us to a different ending position and we see different things on that road and it's neither good or bad to take the left or the right lane but it just leads us to a different um ending position so um what does it mean for our own life if we decide to become actors maybe and uh, we just have to deal with all those consequences that come with being an actor we have to apply to many auditions we have to train ourselves and um in interacting we also have to become resistant to rejection of um our works of our castings and auditions and we have to deal with that on the other hand if we don't want to become actors um but teachers i'm just telling my my story right here so of course um, um if we want to become teachers we have to deal with uh, the consequences that arise from this decision like dealing with head teacher dealing with colleagues that are not enjoying their their work maybe um or maybe with a shitload of work um to to, to do paperwork or to um prepare unnecessary conferences or whatever and there are only those consequences of our actions we take and then the next question is of course how would we like to deal with those consequences we have to deal with and i don't want to say that in in the acting um, field everything is um, bright and shiny no of course not it is not tv has just taught us as much just different consequences of our actions and um this brings us back to the point is if we want to stay the same if we don't want to move the right lane or the left lane if we just want to stay in this point we have to deal with those consequences as well not to change anyhow so compared to um to being a teacher um not in a school but just generally teaching because i think you address um more the teaching in general than perfect then if we have a problem like i don't i cannot speak in front of people i'm afraid of doing so but i need to speak in front of people because i'm a teacher somehow <laughs> um at least digitally now <laughs> in, in the post covid times um but i'm afraid of camera and then we can can, can take a look and see okay am i willing to invest into maybe coaching or maybe training not only financially but also uh, from a timely manner um to practice camera appearance to practice confidence in speaking in front of people or am i not willing to do so uh, on both the de decisions there are consequences if we like to invest financially or timely we then have to step out of our comfort zone we then have to focus our fears we had then have to uh, not focus to tackle our fears um and on the other hand we gain some benefit of course we change but if we reject from changing we still won't feel that fear of speaking in front of audiences hmm. and over and over again so there's always this thing if if we don't ch change if we don't decide we decide because well refraining from deciding is a decision as well 
That is so deep. Thank you. That is so deep. That's a t-shirt. That's a t there is somewhere <laughs> someone with a tattoo that says not deciding is a decision. I am sure <laughs> of it. With an infinity sign around it, pretty sure. Oh, 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 oh. That is so nice. So you know what to do now? You have to design one for me, <gasps> I guess. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's that's so deep. Wow, it's so true. And I think it it applies in, in like for creatives too. It's like yes. this whole path or for example, right? Like I'm a graphic designer, it's whole path of going into NFTs. I don't want to take that path. I, I by not making a choice about it, I made a choice. I made a choice to not make a choice. And yes. I think not enough people do that work themselves of being like, what do I want to achieve? What do I want to do? And a coach is somebody that will take you down that path, ask you those important questions. And yes. I love that you're not the one that wants to create dependency. I think there's a lot of people who want to create dependency of their, do you call them clients or do you call them coaches or what's the? I call them superstars. Uh, okay. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> I call um, them great. <laughs> well, no, I think I would call them clients. Um, but actually, I would like to love. Uh, I'd like to work with with friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. To consider them more in a friendly zone, but I think the most appropriate term is humans or human beings. Okay, when you're working with humans, and yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm stressing this because um, it depicts how we function in our inner, um, well, world. How we'd like to name a thing describes um, a concept behind that. That's and in the podcast we have talked about before this idea before that it was this hierarchical thing of teacher student yeah. that the teacher is better yes. than you, so you're a student, you're below it. So I love that you're bringing that up. It's important how we name things. Yes. I mean, if you have a steak and you decide to call it bubblegum, it's still going to be a steak. It's not going to change just because you call yes. it bubblegum. But we're humans. We're not steak. So <laughs> what you call something matters. I, I wanted to ask well, you, do you know the show yes. Silicon Valley? No. What is it? Um, it's a show on HBO. It's about a bunch of guys who are creating an app and all the things that go into being programmers and creating an app. It's actually a really funny show. I bring it up because there is a character there called Gavin Belson, who is kind of a comedic version of Jeff Bezos mixed with mm -hmm. um, the guy from Apple, whose name I'm forgetting, but I shouldn't forget. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. He's a comedic evil version of them. And he has a guru that follows him around. Yeah. And the guru actively creates dependency of Gavin, make sure to manipulate things around him to make sure that Gavin is always dependent on him because he gets things from Gavin. And I think that is something very nef nefarious, evil, sociopathic from some coaches sometimes to create this dependency. So how do you manage that? Do you have like an, an internal alert for when a client is getting too dependent on you or do you make sure to from the beginning push them to be independent who i know tough oh, questions good question i really i love the, this question well first thing what i aim for with my client work is to get referred mm -hmm. and then create more 
joy in the world, spiritually spiritually speaking, just to help more people because other people are so happy with my work, they would say like, wow, that is such a great coach. Um, on the other hand, there are some signs um, in language patterns and in body language um, that can be observed, but um, that can be observed when someone is clinging to someone else and trying to to lean on them. Right now, it is a gut, a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, ten years ago, it wasn't a gut feeling. I <laughs> I was so cautious about everything. Um, I, I think I moved on too slow for for this because I was too cautious. Because oh, maybe I'm too clingy or I'm too ah, I'm too. Yeah, I was too afraid of doing something wrong or not uh, helping them properly or creating those um, Scientology atmosphere of um, binding those t to my work or whatever. And so I, I, I repelled people and always no, repelling them in like, yeah, you can do this on your own. Yeah. And I believe in you can do this on your own. And don't, no, 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 you can do this on your own. So um But the energy behind that was was different. I still do that. I still um, talk to a client um, who wanted to book three sessions, and I said, "No, we can do it in one session." And then I think you're you're on your way to the solution, but you don't need me to to go the full. And then I think it is um, some energetical mindset um, work that you just remember in yourself. Or, stay alive in yourself that um, you truly believe in the capabilities of other people and um, a little bit like Morpheus and Neo in Matrix mm -hmm. where Morpheus can show Neo the, the door but he needs to step through the door by himself yeah I, I don't know if you remember the scene where he can where the key maker opens up the door and Morpheus uh, brings the key maker in and all that but he, he says to him, I cannot go this way. You have to go it. And then he sets him free. So uh, this image actually sticks in my head pretty pretty well. So I have, what is the door I need to show the clients? And how close can I bring them to this door? And then after the door, well, they are on their own. But they are on their own as well. They have the capability of being the chosen one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it comes from believing in them. It comes from knowing that they can do it by themselves. You are just showing them a path, but they have to walk it. Yes. Uh, where do you see the future of education going? Because now we have, we're talking through a computer in the internet and you have so many options and you have all these coaches and you have all these courses online. Where do you think education will go or how will coaching develop in the future? What do you see in the horizon? What I notice is my own business and my own coachings and teaching is that people really back for interpersonal, uh, for life interaction. Um, they don't want all that digital stuff going on all the time. On the other hand, they really enjoy it. So I think it is going hybrid in some way and the quality rises in the communication. So we um, 
we decide more closely with whom we want to spend our time, the, the real time. And um, then we focus maybe on, um, yeah, spending this quality time with parents and friends and family. But I don't think, uh, and I didn't observe it before, that, that people all want to go digital and all the way. Because um, it is not the same. We only have two dimensions, like uh, 2D and not 3D, and we cannot smell each other and feel the energy and all that. It it limits our experience. And I think the limit of experience is this, what makes human life sad somehow. Or on the other hand, if we have a well-established experience, a, a deep experience of life, then we feel happy, we feel nourished, we feel like it's worth living. But I didn't want to spend all day in front of a yes, computer screen and just chatting with different images. And that is a thing I observed in my own coaching. But on the, on the other hand, um, it still works. Um, I recently attended, uh, what is it, a 12-hour um, online yogic um, workshop or yoga workshop. 12 hours? Not in a row, sorry. Uh, three days and then... Okay, thank um, God. I thought, what? Uh, three days and then three uh, three hours, three hours and then... Um, oh, no, it was nine hours on the third day. Anyhow, and there was this atmosphere created... Um, where we only um, locked into this session and we only um, we, we had not no chance to leave for like going to the bathroom and uh, having a drink or whatever but um, otherwise we would have been shut out because um, volunteers um, observed us practicing and make sure we did it well and it was kind of a ritual going on there <laughs> and like an initiation process Jesus like Christ to, to call it. <laughs> It, it, no, no, no. It was um, it was really great, great stuff. But um, there are there are ways to create that conducive atmosphere that actually is only created in within oneself. Um, feeling folk or being focused on on a thing like I'm focused right now on the camera or the microphone or or you is a feeling that I have inside of me. And is created by by myself, not by the microphone or the, the camera or even you. Um, and maybe this is a thing that also can happen in the future, that people rediscover the ability to focus their attention on a certain thing so much deeper than they could ever focus before. But I don't know. It's just philosophical what I'm saying here. Hey, philosophical counts. It has been a very philosophical episode. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's very interesting that you bring this up because we do have a problem with attention now. We do have a problem that we have 7,000 apps on our phones, 7,000 taps open, 42 options for lunch. And we are losing that ability to focus on a single thing. Um, I think a couple of days ago, I was doing this exercise on Socratic dialogue and Socratic dialogue requires you to focus completely because they will ask you not only to answer what he was said, but also can you summarize what the last person said? So you have to be a hundred percent present. And it was so mm. hard because instinctively, instinctively I wanted to check my phone 
I was already thinking, oh, I have to eat later and then I have to go to work. Oh, so I have to do this thing. So my brain was working at 100. But I, do, I practice yoga too. So I know what that is, that you're focused on this one single thing. Even if there are 20 things going on in your body, you're focused on only your breathing or what a, teach, what a teacher of mine loves to say. Now focus on the outer arch of your left foot. <laughs> you're like, what? That's... It's not a thing that I focus on a lot. It's like, no, but focus <laughs> on the le- on the outer arch of your left foot. Okay, sir. <laughs> or or, or have you done a Bikram class, like a Bikram yoga class? No, not yet. Okay, so when you're doing that, it's very hard to focus on anything other of how hot the room is. Mm-hmm. It's death. It's death and you love it. You feel like a superhero when you leave the room. Because you're like, oh, there's something more than just this horrible heat that I feel. Um, but it's about <laughs> that. It's about focusing on something other than yourself. Uh, that sounds interesting. I r- really have no idea. So it's not taking place in a sauna, is it? No, it is in a sauna. That's, you can only, oh. yeah, it's, it's, inside, it's, it's 39 degrees with 100% moisture in the air. Wow. They actually put a, a humidifier in the room to make it more humid. So it's hard to focus on anything other of how hard it, how hot it is, but Hmm. somehow you're also moving your body and you're also not thinking about anything outside of the room. So yeah, I think, I think that focusing will, I hope that it's something that we'll see in the future of education about how to just focus on a single task and be mindful. I think we talk about, there is a lot of talk about mindfulness, but not enough about being mindful about a single thing, just what is this one thing that I have in my hand right now? Yes, yes. On the other hand, um, now is the time that humanity has the technology to address all the problems that have, haven't been addressed before because we are connected now. We have the internet, we have um, digital education and now we can really collaborate um, on super light speed with people from India, from US, from Germany, from wherever. And focus on a single problem. Yeah. <laughs> with combined forces. So, yeah. Um, and that is my take on um, what can be expected in future education. I don't know. I don't feel com- confident <laughs> in <laughs> in this topic. Hey, it's the future. We didn't see a pandemic coming. So clearly nobody knows what's going to happen next. But I love that we ended the episode on this note of collaboration, of focus and everything. So is there anything you want to promote? Do you want to recommend any books that you think the audience should read about coaching or about education? And yeah, please tell us about your podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> advertise. <laughs> sure. Just plug it um, in. So, 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 so everyone is tuning out right now. Oh, yeah. Now it's advertisement time. I don't listen anymore. Um, <laughs> what shall I say? <laughs> Well, yeah, I have written a book in German and English about teaching about the um, combination or the the bridging the gap between theory and practice in education that combines all the coaching and acting into teaching. And I also um, have my flagship product, which is the Teach Method Coaching Program. It's a 90-day program specifically designed for extraordinary teachers that want to win back their weekends and plan well, great lessons. And this is what I do, but um, I don't feel like this is 
worth recommending on a podcast. Um, if you're interested in it, in my work, then of course you check me out. Of That is what I usually do, that I find something interesting. I look at his or her website. But I, what I really would like to recommend is a book, um, not from, from myself, not my own book, but um, a book that is called Inner Engineering, A Yogi's Guide to Well-Being from Sadhguru. I love Sadhguru. You know him and you love him. Yeah, he's so cool. Wow. Wow. Well, we did this yogi exercise treatment um, from Isha, from his organization. Nice. And, well, this is a thing that I really would like to recommend um, from the bottom of my heart to all those who are listening to attend his inner engineering online course. It is really cheap, but an investment that is, although it's so cheap financially, it is so expensive not to do this inner work um, because, and then we come back to the starting question, what are the costs for not changing, for not um, doing something? And the costs for not dealing with one's personality, I think, are huge in modern society. Because we might maybe can handle the outside tools, but not the inside. And then we experience the only misery we can ever experience, like the misery that is going on in our heads. So, um, yeah, check check it out. Um, Sadhguru, Inner Engineering, A Yogi's Guide to Well-Being or Wellness. That is my true recommendation. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I like how you brought it back to the beginning. It says, going back to the initial question. It's perfect. <laughs> well, very, very well, well done. You're clearly a podcaster. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was really a, a joy for me to talk with you again. Thank you so much, Chris. And just like that, friends, we have made it to the end of another great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This conversation was really fun. We dove into a lot of topics. I don't think we have had had these perspectives before in the show. And I love that we touched on the impact that a teacher can have. And yeah, NLPs, like I've not been a huge believer of NLPs, but with Christian's examples, I really understood more about them. And do I trust coaches now? Mm, not really. I think like our past guests, Samoa and Chris are both truly one-of-a-kind caring people who genuinely want to help others and use coaching as a method to help others. You will find an abundance of links in the show notes for this episode. I mean, book, podcast, program, and all the things you'll find them in the show notes. I hope you would check Chris out and that you enjoyed what you heard today. And yeah, if you're a teacher or you're looking into becoming a teacher, please check him out. I think he only has good resources and he's lessons on ig live are also like super insightful he did one about met met metaphors recently that i loved and yeah hope you will check him out and as we come to the end of the show i want to thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time i hope you're enjoying these conversations and please subscribe to the show and give us a review or give us any feedback you can reach out to us on social media as well all the links are in the show notes to let us know if you have questions you would like to ask creatives what would you would like to learn if you have somebody to recommend please let us know i am here to make something great for you that said again thank you and hope to be again in your ears next week keep learning and stay curious bye <laughs>